So as I'm stripping to fucking start cleaning and I bent over, I didn't realize there was some residual. I farted and that kind of fucking sprayed okay. on the wall. So I was like, fuck. So I'm, now, mind you, I don't know how I, I've lost track of time by this point. So have we. Good evening. Welcome to two maddening hours of horror and fright. I'm Candy, the final girl. There used to be a camp not far from here, just across the lake. It was called Camp Blackfoot. No one goes there anymore. Everything burnt down. This camp had a caretaker, and his name was Cropsy. Now, this Cropsy was a drunkard, a sadist. He got real pleasure out of hurting, scaring. And he had these garden shears, the kind with long, thin blades. And he carried them all the time, wherever he went. And he had this kind of demonic way of looking at you. One time, Cropsy really went after this kid from Brooklyn, followed him around night and day, and he made this kid's life a living hell. But this time, he chose the wrong guy, because the kid and some of his buddies planned a little prank. Only problem was, the gag went wrong. Very nice. Good night, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm Shaun of the Dead. I told you not to beat your schlong last night. It drains your power. <laughs> <laughs> and tonight on The House That Screams, we are talking about the cult classic 1981 film, The Burning. We have Crystal. I'll be 84 before you've gotten some help. <laughs> <laughs> we have Dave Gurman. Don't look. He'll see you. Don't move. He'll hear you. Don't breathe. You're dead. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, we have Nico Nice. Man, this guy is so burnt. He's cooked. A fucking Big Mac overdone. <laughs> <laughs> and we have a special guest. We have Jason Stein. Hello. Hello. Uh, my name is Jason from Dads from the Crypts. Um, Alfred, this is about to be the greatest moment in your life. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Alfred. Alfred. And Jason is going to start us off with the conversation about the burning tonight. What do you, uh, where would you want to jump off on this one? All right. So the burning. Um, so I worked uh, and attended many uh, summer camps in my day um, uh, throughout, you know, high school, college, et cetera. I always liked being a camp counselor. And as a horror fan, I love the camp, the summer camp setting. It's a mixture of, you know, Lord of the Flies, you know, mean girls, you got all different kinds of things. You're outside of your parents' sphere of influence. You're outside of also, you're outside of their protection. So summer camp always, or always has that little extra level of menace to it. You're kind of out in the middle of nowhere. You don't have your usual guardians. And also summer camps offer, you know, unique kill scenarios. So I'm always down for a good uh, summer camp. 
uh, movie. Um, now let's talk talking about the burning. The burning is really trashy. My this is all my opinion is really trashy guilty pleasure. Yeah. The first thing you need to know is it was written by Harvey Weinstein. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <gasps> yeah. Uh-huh. If there's ever like a moment to boo a movie, it's it's during these credits. Boo. And you can tell because all the men in this movie are fucking awful. Um yeah. and our quote final character, if you want to call it the final girl character, is a boy who's a peeping tom. Right. Um he's a creep. Yeah, he's a total creep. He has nothing, there's like no redeeming arc or anything for any of the boys. Uh, pretty much all the boys are just creeps. In this movie. Yeah. And we get to see one of their buttholes at one point. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and they're shooting each other in the butthole. It's it's a whole thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so again, this movie but this movie isn't trying to be anything more than it is. The men are awful. There's gratuitous nudity. It's very cheaply made. You know, the, the first person shots from the killer perspective, you can see Vaseline smeared on the camera to make it look edgy. I, I don't know. But the villain's cool. The effects by Tom Savini are brutal, which is awesome. It's one of the best like kill sequence ever in the slasher movie. But most importantly, it's never boring. It's got tons of personality. And this is the kind of movie that like was banned. One of the first video nasties. Uh, this is the movie the parents were warned not to let your kids see. It's going to corrupt them and make them into deviants. And that's and that's the kind of thing we hear that as horror fans like, oh, bring it on. Right. Exactly. Um, but just to wrap up, in my opinion, this movie passes the litmus test for any camp horror movie, and that is that there's children at the camp. If there's one thing that drives me nuts in the summer camp movie, and this is the sin that most of the Friday the 13th movies is guilty like of. 25. Yeah. <laughs> yeah is all- that there's there's rarely kids at the camps in those movies. Now, it seems children have to be murdered, but there needs to at least be children in peril, I think, is what is what really kind of you know makes the movie for me now. I would put Sleepaway Camp and probably Friday Six, Jason Lives above the burning, just as far as enjoyment and quality. But that's that's good company to yeah, be oh, yeah. in. Um, and just to wrap up, one last thing: I think this movie would be excellent for a remake, like a really campy, knowing remake. Like if you saw the Slumber Party Massacre remake that came out last year, it was really really good for like a knowing remake. I think this would be a place. Unfortunately. The characters are owned by the Weinsteins, if I'm not mistaken. So I don't want them to have any more money. So that's okay. Yeah. Real quick, speaking of the Weinsteins, when we get to Sean Shitty Reviews, you're going to see a theme. Yeah. Sure. (laughs) Just be be forewarned. And just to kind of chime in before I do go with what to kind of piggyback off. They they have nothing. They have no no rights to anything anymore. They had to sell everything because of the the lawsuits. Yeah. Um, that's why Scream is with Paramount, for example, and certain things are with MGM, others with Lionsgate. Um, it all it all just depended. They had they had to have like a liquidation sale on everything. But like even watching this on Shutter, like uh, yeah. I feel it makes me feel like icky thinking that they might get some residual, but it's good to know they, 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 they don't. They yeah, don't. we saw that name come up at the beginning, we both kind of did a little cringe. Ooh. I'm like, if you're the pirate of the movie, make sure it's a Weinstein movie. Yeah. Um, Nico, I believe you're up. So I'm always a mama. Um, <laughs> uh, um, um, and that, that means I would love because you know, I love you. We're, we're family. Um, so the first time I actually saw this surprisingly was when Scream Factory 
released um, mm-hmm. the special edition Blu-ray. For the longest time, this movie was like out of print forever. I remember working at Suncoast and people were coming in, always asking for it. And it was like super hard to find that. Even I was like, well, shit, am I ever going to see this movie? And then, you know, there was companies like Anchor Bay and eventually Screen Factory and Arrow that, you know, started putting these um, these cult classics out. And I and I got this. I think it was like right around the time that they released their special edition of Sleepaway Camp. So I kind of was like, all right. So I hadn't seen Sleepaway Camp in years either when um, Scream Factory had released it. But that was around the time that I was actually doing Phantom Fest, where I was booking people to you know do the show, and we had already had Felissa lined up. So I was like, well, let me let me watch The Burning because I had never seen it. So I put it on, and I was actually like really impressed with it for the most part. I mean, yeah, I mean none of the male characters are redeemable in any way, shape, or form. But it's no. it, but it's kind of cool. To see Jason Alexander, Fisher Stevens, Holly Hunter in the pretty much like their first roles, plus the fact that Lou David plays um, Cropsey. And as a Last Dragon fan, that was really cool to see because and then the irony is he's the incinerator killer in The Last Dragon. And, you know, I'll I'll turn my well, I can't like turn up, but I mean, one of my favorite movies of all time, as you all know, was The Last Dragon. I talk about that movie religiously. So I actually got to meet Lou David at, at Chiller. I didn't get an autograph. I didn't get a picture. We just chatted briefly. And he was like, oh, are you just here for the burning? And I was like, actually, no, like I, I'm out of money, but I just want to say I love you in The Last Dragon. And he was just like, oh, really? And I'm like, yeah, it's like nobody ever says that to him. I guess everybody's about, you know, Cropsy or whatever else he had done. But um, I thought it was kind of cool that, you know, this was this probably would have been what Savini would have done had he have had some control, I feel like, with the sequel to Friday the 13th, because he I'm didn't he, bring that up. I'm going to bring that up. So I'm going to I'm going to stop with that part. But um, all, all, you know, alleg- not allegations, all, all the nasty horrible shit that 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 harvey weinstein did do um does not redeem the film so i almost felt kind of dirty watching the movie a little while ago before we jumped on just it's almost like listening to r kelly now or like you you, you can't yeah, you like, can't oh. listen to r kelly but the fact that like i'll piss on you right <laughs> but the unfortunate truth is and this is this is this is fucked up that dude had fucking his hand in everything and no pun intended, but like planet terror, which is my cherry. He he helped Quentin get his fucking career. He helped Kevin Smith. We have some sexy foot scenes in this quite a few. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I'm saying, it's the argument of, you know, can you separate the art from the artist? Right. It's yeah, kind of like the argument a lot on this. We've show. talked about yeah. that a lot. Yeah, I, do, right. I go through that with Mel Gibson a lot. Like I said, yeah. well, it's, I, I, it's, I can't watch almost anything he's been in now, except he's never going to take Road Warrior from me. I'll oh, watch Road Warrior. Maverick? Maverick all day? Yeah, I, I really, uh, I don't know. I, I, I've given up most of my Mel Gibson, but not. I'm not giving yeah. up Road Warrior. But this is almost on par with. I just pretended somebody else. <laughs> This is almost on par with Jeepers Creepers, where you know we have the yeah. that, that incident. Which, yeah. to be to be fair, to this day, and I saw the burning before all this shit came out about Harvey Weinstein. But it just did start like, with burning, right? Yeah. And it did, I, which I found out pretty recent. Um, I I ha- still to this day have never seen that one Jeepers Creepers film. I refuse to. I haven't either. Um, I the only movie I, I saw by by that fucking piece of shit was Clown House and Powder. And that was only because this was before like everything had come out before Jeepers Creepers, way before Jeepers. It was right after Powder came out is when that all came out. 
So at that point, I made a conscious decision on my own to never see any of that man's films either. So go go back and watch Powder now after knowing what you know. It's like, oh, no, remember, remember, yeah, it's definitely. Yeah, just like Jeepers Creepers is like his revenge flick on the kid that ratted him out because he's the creeper, which we all know. And pretty much now we can kind of say that Alfred is Harvey Weinstein in this movie. If you really want to, you know, put two and two together. But as far as with the remake goes, I do agree with you. I think this movie is ripe for a remake. However, there should be one person that never even comes remotely close to this, who is Rob Zombie. (laughs) Should never. And if anybody has seen that trailer for the monsters knows exactly that shit looks like it was shot on a fucking toaster. I am. I was actually in the bathroom so I could conveniently puke when I saw it. Yeah, I mean, I think I've taken shits funnier than what that movie looks like, to be honest oh with you. God. But that's for another for another episode where we shit all over Rob Zombie. But um, one I'm day gonna, when I feel like doing that, we oh, will. We're, we definitely have to have an episode where we shit all over Rob Zombie. Two like, hours completely. all by itself. Two, that, that would be that would be a, a movie. It would listen. It would be, have to be split into like three parts, I think, because just we'd have to cover everything of how much we hate this man. Mm-hmm. But that, and that's um, kind of the opposite. Can you like an artist but not his art? I, yeah. I like some of his music. I love his music. Uh, yeah, he's got two good songs, and that's it. Uh, no, White Zombie I, had a lot of good stuff, and I like a lot of his solo stuff. But is but what he, he what he does in music, he tries to do in movies, and I'm like, you can't just borrow little parts of movies and try to make it into a movie like movie you, parts. And you can't use your wife for every goddamn role. Like this, Jesus this, fucking Christ. If anybody saw the trailer for the monsters, you know already this this is even more evident than normal. Number one, he needs to stop making movies completely. And number two, stop this bitch can't act. Stop putting this bitch in fucking movies. She's not she's not built for this. But I mean, I mean, I I said this to Sean. I was like, I love that he loves his wife, but I don't have to love her. She's not my wife. I mean, listen, and I'll end it with this before we go on to to your Dave and Crystal. Um, What what other director in their right mind would put her in anything? Porn, outside of him or directors because she did <laughs> no, 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 no. All, all bullshit aside what what legitimate working director would put sherry moon zombie in anything harvey weinstein she's and not come, wrong and we have come full circle yeah we've come full and, circle so yeah, there you well, go there so now is. i'm gonna i'm gonna yield the floor what one quick thing about the monsters movie and i don't know if this is 100 percent true but at least the last cut that was reviewed was two and a half hours yeah that's what i've heard oh, for fuck's sake that's like and it's, and it's and it's a kids movie somehow. Oh God! Now I real I mean, like no, no. <laughs> but you know, no. again, this is why, and I think this is why that you know I brought this up before we we came on. Um, people on Twitter were were losing their their goddamn mind over how bad this movie looked. That they were like, well, Universal since they're putting out both, we're like, dude, just fucking put out the Halloween end trailer now. Do damage control now. Save the day. And I think it was no small coincidence that Jamie Lee Curtis, the queen herself tweeted out the little pumpkin emoji with the date of 720 for for the teaser to kind of get everybody hype and stop talking about the monsters and focus back on you know which of the two universal movies you should be talking about but i, but I know gonna, which one i'm going to watch i can tell you oh that. yeah I, I know which one i'm going to watch too like opening night for sure yeah i don't think there's enough weed in, enough for me to watch the monsters <laughs> there, there could be a string called herman monster and i still wouldn't fucking smoke enough of it to Make me like that movie. <laughs> but go ahead. I yield. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Nobody's Fred Gwynn. But um, no. I think I was next. I want to jump in and kind of channel uh, Erica since she can't be here tonight. 
So, um, first of all, I want to say I I like the attempts, uh, you know, sort of a Jalo-esque vibe where we know that slashers come from Jalo films. Um, And and so we, we, you know, we have the point of view killer, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to just flat out say this movie is kind of slow. Like, I'm just like, kill them faster. Because when we get the kills, they're great. But it's a little slow and it's it's a little too dark. So you can't see um, like, you know, that really awesome. Uh, OK, hold on. I've got Grand Illusions one and two right here. at Tom Savini's special effects books, because, you know, I'm going to talk about Daddy Tom here. Um, but like that that kill. Um, what's her name? God, I can't remember anybody's names because the characters don't seem to fucking matter in this. Uh, I mean, it's a slasher, (laughs) but you know, when she, when she's out, you know, someone with the, one of the many creepy men and and and, yeah, tan lines her, uh, I think her name's Carolyn maybe, but, and she gets that great kill to the throat, but it's so dark. You can't really see how awesome the effects are. Um, and it, and it was mentioned that, uh, Tom Savini chose the burning over. Friday the 13th part two. And we all know it's just a fact that I hate Friday the 13th part two. When we started doing this show, I hated all Jason movies. I'm, I'm such, you know, as an 80s kid, we, you know, we were, you were kind of pushed to either like Jason or Freddie. You couldn't like both. And um, I'm obviously a Freddie person. But you guys through this show have gotten me to like Freddie the 13th. But I do. I will never like to because it doesn't make any fucking sense. And I'm like, I know that it's a slasher and blah, blah, blah. And but, what's so your favorite like Friday to... the 13th? Huh? What's your favorite Friday the 13th? Mine? Yeah. <laughs> Fuck you. No, come on. Let's hear what it. What is it? Jason what? takes Manhattan. No, yeah. I'll, I'll give you that shit. Yeah, that was yeah. a lot really? of fun. That's the first Friday the 13th we did on the show because I made the schedule. I'm like, if we're going to talk. <laughs> If we're going to talk Jason, we're going to talk Jason Takes Manhattan. It, it's my favorite. Yeah, um, that's, that was great. It's absolute garbage, but it's mine. Oh, it's, yeah, it's garbage. complete garbage. They don't so, get to Manhattan until like, you know the what, last though? It's 20 better minutes. Than burning. It's better than the burning. <laughs> yeah, here's the thing. Um, I want to read from... Um, this is me channeling Erica. Erica, you're with us. But um, in Grand Illusions, he explains... These are Tom's words. I'm going to read them as to why he didn't do Friday the 13th part two and chose to do the burning. So like I said, channeling Erica, and this is, this is, this is um, from his section on the burning in his book. The burning is the film I chose to do instead of Friday the 13th part two. I turned Friday the 13th part two down for a few reasons, miscommunications between myself and the backers of the film. And because I really wasn't too crazy about the script. And had Jason as a live character after we established in part one that he simply existed in the mind of our hapless survivor. To bring him back to life meant that he would have had to be living at the bottom of the lake since he was a child. And I just didn't think that was believable. However, the film did turn out very well for first time director Steve Miner. Um, I'm sorry that things didn't work out for us. I felt at the time The Burning was a much better film. And I was very happy to have worked on it. It contains some of the best effects I've done. I have a problem with that, though. I mean, I don't, I don't want to go into the whole Jason. No, 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 no. It's not, it's not that. It's just a fact of how is something like that unbelievable? And this is a guy that was doing animatronic crate creatures a year later for, for George Romero. And, you know, 
zombie. Yeah, when, did he, when did he write okay, that? Let's put Friday the 13th part two next to just the great segment of creep show. Tell me well, what we can't. Better. That's not even fair because, it, the, I, the, well, I mean, because that fluffy, means fluffy were made. Aside from, so listen, aside from American Werewolf in London's transformation scene, not and and the thing, not many effects were as awesome as fucking Fluffy in the crate. To be honest with you, so I'll give you that one. So, I'll give you so that I'm just one. saying, like, why waste your talent on a movie? No, that's I, I I get that. It's just I don't know. To me, it just seemed like that was definitely guaranteed money, though. That he, I mean, which is I guess why he came back for the final chapter in the end. He did because he wanted to do it his way. That's just Tom's yeah, for you, which is. He, he's he's just one of those like very authoritative guys, as we all know. But, True, um, and I'm sure a lot of us do a scheduling. You know what? Because they always they always want to be busy, so like you know you don't have a gap between any jobs. So right, right, and this this is the point in his career where he's really making a fucking name for himself. He's he's turned into like you know king shit because you got to realize the year before this, one of my favorite movies of all time, he did Maniac. And so, I mean, he's just really on fire. And the same year that he did Friday the 13th. I mean, we've got these really great, you know, he's, he's already got this impressive resume done on shoestring budgets. And I think that, you know, we have some really great kills in this when we get them. And um, I just wish there was more. I wish he could have done more. And, and, and Tom Savini himself, you know, he was because he was always had to working with these directors, making shit on the cheap never doing anything majorly big budget until way later so you know for they gave him four days to to create cropsy just four and, and it still to, came out amazing yeah and it still looks great when we finally get that reveal and he wanted that reveal to mean so much and i think it i think it does i just wish it wasn't wandering around for 25 minutes of the fucking hour and a half in that random blair witch project looking place you know like I, I just that was so i'm like is something going well, to happen to be fair and i and i feel like it did not you, build suspension well that's what i mean that's what i mean and i, and I feel like they were trying to build like that set the suspense tension with um they were they were trying to mimic what carpenter did with halloween and with michael myers where you know we don't we may not see we may not see the shape enough throughout the film but his presence is kind of felt and you like you know he's there but maybe he's not there and I think that's kind of what they were going for with Cropsey, because I mean, they even said this was a blatant ripoff of Halloween and Friday yes. the Third, and, and eventually, even rat. though it was, and I, you know, the, it it all, and I, and I feel like it all goes back to Texas Chainsaw and to Halloween in the end, anyway. You know, in the early '80s, like that, because those are those are the two that really kind of set the precedence and the and the tone for what was going to come later. Yeah, um, and also I to jump subjects just so I can bring it up so other people can talk about it. How the fuck did they build that raft? How in the fuck was the <laughs> professor there from Billy oh, Island? Did that. And I know, but I mean, how did the people, the characters, oh, build the oh, fucking raft? You know what, too? Yeah, I was going to say, because even like their oars, it looks like it's like like palm tree branches. Yeah. yeah, whatever yeah. the hell it is. I'm like, well, that was some really, but I mean, well, not, how was not, it staying not, together? Not only how they build it, but they ha how did they go upstream? Because they're going, obviously, right. they're canoeing downstream. So then so you yeah. take something that you threw together. And he's trying to go all the way upstream back. This, yeah, it's yeah, they have to build this really strong raft. We don't know how it's holding together at all yeah. whatsoever. Yeah. And I'm kind of like there's suspension of disbelief. And then there's like, absolutely. What the fuck is this? <laughs> so I was a little pulled out by that. You know, I get pulled out like, yeah. OK, so, I, you know, there, there, there you go. Uh, uh, who was next? Dave Crystal? Uh, well, I went I went to a summer camp in uh, New York State just a few years before this movie came out and it really brought back a lot of summer camp memories 
which was interesting. But uh, the two things that occurred to me, and the one, it didn't occur to me after I watched it, was how uh, it didn't really play that trope about how sex equals death. Like most of the girls in this movie actually say no, at least at first, to the sexual advances of the uh, creepy guys. Um, I found that interesting. And also how lame a bully uh, Glazer is. He like <laughs> He's the worst, yeah. the lamest fucking bully. Yes. And I then they even make it, they even make it a point to show that he like can't satisfy his girlfriend. She's all apprehensive going into it. And then she's like, is that it? And he's like, I right, give me, you know, I'll be, let me try again. You know, it's yeah. like I'll be better next time. Yeah. The worst kinda, bully of all time. It kind of like, like breaks the, the bully trope a little bit. Yeah. Glazer's yeah, but I feel like they're trying to break tropes, but at the same time, they're like punishing the girls that didn't want to um, put does, out, for lack of a better word. It does feel like that. It does feel like they get punished because most of the girls, except for her, don't give into the sex, really. Damned if you don't. Well, even and the Dave. one that does resist it for a while. Yeah. So, Dave, I, so, Dave, I totally agree with you because there's there's that, um, to use um, Jason's word, the, the litmus test. The quintessential 80s bully is always going to be William Zabka. So on a, on a scale of, of Johnny Lawrence to Chaz from fucking Back to School, um, Glazer's <laughs> even below fucking Chaz from Back to School ah, as wow. a bully. And that's that's saying a lot because that was definitely Zabka's lamest bully character. <laughs> well, I mean, to make it even more insulting, so most of the quote campers are like obviously in their 20s, where I think the actor who played Glazer was like in his 30s. So he's yeah. like even more like out of place. Yeah. Dave, I have a quick question. Were you was it when you went to summer camp? Was it like because I mean I grew up in New York too, so I remember seeing the commercials for the Fresh Air Fund. So was it one of those, or was it like an actual like? No, camp? it was uh, it was um, uh, a ritzier camp than that. Okay. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, Crystal, we, I went Crystal. Our... do you know about the Fresh Air Fund? Do you know about this? Like like Mariah Carey has the Camp Mariah where it's in Playland in upstate New York and right right between land because we 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 were we were poor growing up, so <laughs> that that that's what we saw. Yeah, yeah so. Dave and I were talking about our, our camp experience and how they differed. Yeah. <laughs> to, be, to be fair, it's because of like Friday the 13th and sleepaway camp as a kid. Watch, I never went to summer camp because of that shit. So. Oh, no, my parents shipped my ass out. Yeah, my every parents, second uh, they got. I got shipped out, but it wasn't the camp because I'm not an outdoor girl. I wasn't an outdoor girl. Did not matter. Get your ass out. Get go. Ass out. <laughs> go home. Uh, we're not putting up with you in this house. Not one more second. Bye. Um, I went to my grandparents. Does not matter if you're going to freeze your ass off in the middle of July or not. Um, <laughs> I just want to say real quick, too. They say that um, one of the strongest uh, memory um, enhancers is, uh, is smells. One of the things you remember, the, the smell. So watching this movie, the smells of summer camp came back to me, like the actual. And one of the strongest smells I remember was the smell of the overwhelming smell of piss in the boys changing room and that's what i was smelling while i'm watching this movie this smelling just piss. just piss <laughs> so, I mean, so even in uh, even in the ritzier camps there was just piss everywhere <laughs> uh, well, dehydrated. piss and calm oh, it was everywhere oh, man. everywhere God. were you like with my saturday night why are your socks I guess crunchy that makes it all right <laughs> that was for candy yeah. <laughs> oh, did you get that reference I didn't uh, even hear you. Oh, he said it was Saturday night, and I said, I guess that makes it all right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How about you, Crystal? Sorry. Uh, <laughs> you know, last night was the first time I've seen this movie. Um, and, you know, it was a movie. Um, it was. 
It was a movie. Thanks for your input. Yeah, you know, uh, it was a movie. Uh, I I noticed, like, you know, going going through the movie, I was like, dang, Dave, they've got a lot of uh, either red or blue or yellow clothes on. Uh, just all through the movie. And then I realized they were wearing their own clothes. So they weren't real original with that. I kind of got overloaded with this movie. There were too many main characters in this movie, in this movie. too many people to try to keep up with, to, to try to figure out who, who was who other than like maybe four people. But uh, the main female counselor, I was like, Oh, I know her. Yeah. I'm like, I know her. I know her. I, I recognize her face. And Dave's like, I don't. And like, so I look her up and I'm like, she's from black sport. That's yeah. what I said. Mm-hmm. And that, that's why, you know, I know her because that's like my second favorite movie of all time. So and she's so hot. She's so pretty. Yeah. But I, I was always at summer camp and um, whether it was in the mountains or down on the beach or in dirty lakes or wherever my parents sent me. And then one time space camp. Oh, nice. But, but um, this definitely kind of reminded me of, of the lake uh, camps um, because you, you kind of had to like fend for yourself um, there. So it kind of reminded me of that. Um there was not as much wildlife in this movie as I was expecting. Because, you know, you go to camp and you're in overnight camp and you're in the woods with wildlife. They didn't even have a couple of squirrels uh, in this movie. And I was expecting. Or the quintessential owl. Right. Like one summer, a skunk died under our camp the oh. first night under the cabin. Smell that. The first oh. night. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, like they got stranded out where they were for, I guess, like two nights, maybe. Um, and like they, they were stanky in their clothes, you know, everything was crunchy. Like we had to wash clothes in the creek at one of these camps I went to. Like y'all didn't think about anything. Like where was the food? Like, uh, you know, survival. Like did they teach anything in these camps. They teach you how to build a raft and somehow make it stay together. You know, while they were floating down the river, because floating, they thank, were not thank you, anything thank you else. For, thank they you for not, calling it a creek, by the way, because here in Pennsylvania, <laughs> they, they call it a crick. Creek. Uh, in Indiana, yeah, they call may, it a crick as well. Oh, do they? Oh, All right. Well, there, there we go. But okay. I don't think anybody like call it a crick like a down here. Person. That is. <laughs> that's what you get in your neck. Yeah, that's yeah, a crick. Thank you. Well, Dave, you and I are from, you know. Where we're from, so but, we're from up there. But these we're these people are floating and furiously trying to take that broom that you're supposed to stack up by your door, you know, to ward off evil spirits. But they were taking the broom they had made as an oar, <laughs> um, except for the one girl who had an oar that obviously didn't go off with the canoe. Um, that reminded me of Snoopy's Wild Race, <laughs> the Great Race. I, and I asked Dave, I was like, that, that's Snoopy and Linus and, and Franklin going down, going down the 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 waterway there and Dave's never seen it. So he didn't get it, but yes, thank y'all. For uh-huh. It looked, it looked like Snoopy and them. Isn't there a character named Woodstock in this too? Ironically. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. Woodstock is in go. this one. Yes, isn't is. that Fisher Stevens? Yeah, I think okay. so. I think well, there so. we go. And there's a character named Snoop too, isn't there? Yep. Yeah. Well, there we go. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It all That's comes together. Like. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know for, I know for me, like, you know, we've talked at length about, you know, the movies that I watched with my dad when I was growing up uh, as an 80s kid. 
and I started watching horror with him in 1988, 1989. Um, I don't think that we got this until maybe the 90, 91, somewhere around there. I remember being a little bit older and um, I remember it stuck out to me for how graphic the raft scene was that, that big money shot and uh, didn't see it for years after that. But I'm telling you, between 15 and 19, I probably watched this movie a hundred times. This was like one of my favorite films. When I did, um, uh, when I went to college, I had a speech class. And I've t- I think I've told this story before, but I did a, a, a speech on, I, I wanted to go to uh, Tom Savini's school. And my mom wouldn't let me because, you know, only child. And she would did not want me to leave the house. And... So I couldn't go, but for my speech class, I was able to do an interview with Tom Savini, um, and I did a special effects uh, demonstration speech or whatever, and I put together this this video with a bunch of different clips of special effects, and I used that raft scene in that amongst others from like Dawn of the Dead, Day of the Dead, you know, uh, I think probably new uh, the New Blood, uh, Friday the 13th, Candy's favorite, um, but, uh, you know... D- Something about the about this movie and and just Tom Savini in general, his his effects, his the practicality behind his effects. Um, like Candy showed uh, the book that we have, you know, and he breaks down a lot of the different effects that he uses and how he does them. And it's so funny because when you watch that stuff, you know, he talks about in his in his documentary Smoke and Mirrors, you know, how it's just all about misdirection, and it's so crazy how like when you read through that, you see how simple it is to make these effects and they look so fucking good on screen. Um, you know, jumping to the end. Magic when, tricks. When, right. When Cropsy gets the ax to the face, you know, it looks so fucking good. Um, and, and why does it look good? Because Tom Savini swung the ax. Yes. Um, and then, uh, you know, and, and then the sheer uh, through the neck on the raft, um, he breaks that down, how they did that. And it's just, it's, you know, Tom Savini, I'm, I'm fangirling over here. Um, I just, I love everything that he's, you know, put his hands on. Um, my only issue with this film is probably the last 20 minutes. It drags. And, and it drags. It does. And it's, and it's not even in, and that, that last 20 minutes, just up until the point where, Todd faces Cropsy, but that 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 fifteen to twenty minutes there, where it's just Todd and Alfred just running through the woods, and it's like you know Alfred's yelling for Todd, Todd's yelling for Af- Alfred, you know, and it's I'm just yelling like, for Mister Beardsley, yeah, and it just <laughs> and it just goes, it just feels like it goes on and on and on, you know, and so that to, for me personally, like that's probably one of my only complaints um, other yeah. than like, other than like, you know, maybe some of the tan lines. Um, yeah. Well, also there's a whole bunch of other characters that don't, don't do anything. or don't get any resolution. Like Jason Alexander's character who's oh, built yeah, up yeah, yeah. as well. Like what's supposed to be one of the main characters. He never does anything the entire movie. He just right. stands there. Right. Yeah. Baby Funny. George Costanza. <laughs> I have a funny yada, yada. thing from a fan um, of the show to read about him. I'll read it later. Um, but also, speaking of um, special effects artists, yeah, the, the the magic tricks they pull off are amazing. We did a uh, just last weekend. I did an interview with Todd Masters, 
with a lot of effects for Tales from the Crypt, and we have it coming out relatively soon. And it's so cool talking to those guys and seeing, like, you know, you think it's CG or something, or you know, some really elaborate. Like, no, we just put a mirror. Right. Yeah, they're usually pretty simplistic, um, and usually the best makeup artists are simplistic in it. Um, you know, they they do those illusions and magic tricks, and then they they kind of share them amongst themselves, like. Tom Savini, you know, cited, you know, Dick Smith a lot as his inspiration mm-hmm. in this film. So it's kind of like there's like a code amongst these special effects guys, you know? Yeah, Todd, Todd talked about going to Dick Smith 100th anniversary or 100th birthday dinner. Um, but also one other thing I wanted to talk about was um, this movie was edited by Jack Shoulder, um, who oh, did yeah. Nightmare on All Street 2. I brought yeah. that up uh, oh, when did. we were watching, yes. Yeah, and I, I interviewed him because he did a Tales of the Crypt episode as well. Really cool guy. Super okay. cool. Okay. And yeah. um, <laughs> he also did uh, uh, two other really good movies that don't get talked about enough. The Hidden and Alone in the Dark. Um, yeah. Alone in the Dark. Hidden, the Hidden is an absolute overlooked gem. Yeah. yeah. And then also <laughs> Alone in the Dark stars Jack Palance, Donald Pleasance, yes. and Martin Landau. Yeah, again, these are every time I get a chance to talk about those movies, I do because they're yeah. just so underappreciated. Well, when we covered Nightmare on Elm Street, too, I mean, it just it, it works for different reasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I really we, we I was surprised at how much everybody else on the show loved the film because I was thinking, oh, God, everybody's going to shit all over this movie and it's going to hurt my feelings. But no, we, we really gave it all the love it deserved. I, I like Nightmare on Elm Street too. Oh, People are like yeah. a, a lot of hardcore Freddy fans. They don't like to, and I'm like, no, you have to look at it just a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Right. Then you'll get it. Well, and you I, also you also had us all watch the documentary. Ahead well, of I time, yoked them together, on which purpose. really did add to the flavor. I right. when we talk to Mark Patton next week, you know, we, oh, we'll be talking cool. about that. I love Mark Patton. He's so cool. Oh, yeah, we, I just met him the weekend, and he fucking hit it off. He's he's yeah. a great follow on Instagram. Yeah. Um, but I think the thing about not not to get too far off, but Nightmare on Elm Street two, I think the whole movie is basically a, a nightmare or a dream because there's so much surrealistic. Um, the whole movie is surrealistic, so I think that's what right. changes it from like the first one and some of the other ones where well, some scenes are grounded. About it as more of a possession type, yeah, thing, yeah. which but is a, like, a different direction for Freddy to go. But like, where else were you going to fucking go? Right, and so all so the other ones are just trying to rinse and repeat every time. But mm-hmm. there's like a scene where he just wakes up with this huge snake on him, which doesn't make any goddamn sense. Love it. Love but, it. Okay, you know. so when we met Mark Patton, I'm sorry, we, we go off no. topic all the time, so this isn't that weird. But, um, you know, I got his autograph, got a picture with him, and I love the picture of him with the snake. And he's like, and he's like, I'm just going to give this one to you. And he signed it to me because I love it so much. And I was like, I love that scene. It's just, mm. it's precious um, in its own way. We also, you mentioned uh, Felissa Rose earlier. Have you guys met her? Um, I'm really good <laughs> friends with her. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh, I love. I've met her like three times. She's amazing. She's a doll. I went to um, a night, a midnight screening of Sleepaway Camp at the New Beverly, which is the theater owned by Quentin Tarantino. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just went with some. I I, I just went by myself, and I made friends with some random people. And you know, it's really hard to get concessions there. So I told them, you know, give me some cash. I'll buy us all concessions if you grab me a seat. So they grabbed me a seat. The seat turned out to be next to the reserve section. I ended up sitting next to Felissa Rose for the entire movie. Oh my gosh. And her and the guy who played Rick Young, like in the name. Um, Jonathan Gerson? 
Yeah, they were just <laughs> drunkenly talking to each other the entire oh, yeah. time. Yeah, it was they, um, magic. He's he's a good friend of mine too. They're um, I did a horror con back in 2014, and they were they were like two of the headliners. We also had mm-hmm. um, Maximo Sorrentino. We played Little Peter in the you know the beginning of the movie because I guess yes. we didn't know anyway that he was going to be the situation's brother from the Jersey Shore later on what? in life. But yeah, so um, but she ended up getting food poisoning, but she couldn't uh, come. But we we became closer because she's she actually comes out to the to the east coast a lot for for conventions so um you know her and i stay in touch you know pretty regularly and we you know um, whenever she's in town like we'll we'll get dinner or something and like we'll just yeah oh, like cool. catch up and see how each other's doing yeah, i gotta say like felissa's amazing and through nico i got to to meet her in an interesting way um <laughs> I, w- I was getting ready to do like a makeup tutorial because uh, Erica, who's not here tonight, um, and I co-own a horror-based beauty makeup company. So I'm getting ready to do all that. I'm kind of in the middle of it. And I get this video call from him and I just answered it audio because it looked like crap. And he's like, turn on your video. So I'm hearing all these voices. And there she was. And she's like, hi, Candy. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Very nice. So that, well, that was nice. Treatment. Yeah. My... Um... My mother-in-law likes to name her daughters interesting names or with different spellings. So one of her daughter, one of my my sister-in-law's name is Felissa. Aww. <laughs> awesome. I love the name Felissa. And um, yeah, I, I actually had Felissa Rose sign something for her specifically because she's, oh, yeah. <laughs> she's never met another Felissa from Felissa. She's never met another Felissa. Oh, that's cute. Yeah, we met her at Days of the Dead Atlanta last year and let her know about the show and stuff. And, and she was like, "Oh, I know that." So, it was yeah, great. She's she's one of the biggest sweethearts. Not even just in mm-hmm. horror, just period. Oh, yeah. she's one of the so sweetest nice. people. Yeah. Um, you know. But, yeah, I um, I covered Sleepaway Camp on my friend uh, Kaylin Grant's podcast. Plug it up with the whole episode, and we tried to get a hold of her for an interview. And uh, she, I think she was uh, uh, off shooting at the time. She is a busy yeah, lady. Is yeah. Busy. Yeah. She was like, but she responded personally, which was really nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, the, oh, speaking ahead. of, of uh, night, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, um, Heather Logging Truck's going to be at Days of the Dead Atlanta in January. Logging so. Truck. I I was wondering if I misheard it. I wasn't, wasn't <laughs> going to say anything, but no. Sean, Sean had to be the one to call her out. She- <laughs> Yeah, I did the yeah. same thing when we did our, our our what was it was that Dream Warriors that we did when she Dream said that? Warriors yes and, and, she, and yes. I had to, I had to, I was like no it was New Nightmare oh yeah yeah yep you're right you're right it was recent yeah but I remember it was like I, yeah, I thought I misheard her say that and I remember like looking at the at the camera and then she said it again and I was like I nope. get it yeah. That's it. That's all. <laughs> also, no. Candy, you you like Martin Landau for playing Bella Lugosi and Ed Wood. I, I like him. He was a I, I like him for playing Sal Bandini and Ready to Rumble. We are not the same. Oh, <laughs> I, I love Martin Landau and everything from you know guest spots on other shows back in the day in the sixties. Like I thought when he was young, he was smoking hot. Oh yes. That's what I'm saying. Like the point was that you like him for his better acting than what he did in that wrestling movie with with David Arquette. Because he won an Academy Award for playing Bella in Ed Wood. I mean, a fucking Academy Award. You know, the WCW ready to rumble with um, David Arquette and Scott Kahn and, you know, so Bandini want to wrestle. It's so funny. I love that movie because I had the biggest crush on Scott Kahn, but 
but interestingly enough, further off topic, David Arquette owns the rights to Bozo the Clown and performs as Bozo the Clown now. And oh, thank God today is my I birthday. Know now. Not, wow. Oh, well, what? thank God today is my birthday and not after the fact because fucking clown pops up anywhere. No, sorry. Bye. You know, that's I'm actually not surprised that David Arquette would, <laughs> would have the rights for a character like that. Just that would that would be something that he would do just just because. Um, Absolutely. You know. Yeah, that, that's when you know you have fucking money. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's like, look what I got. Look what I can do. It's, I, it's, I it's, love it's, the creator of the fuck you money thing. It's technically Humphrey Bogart. Yes. Nice. And, and also, oh, too, it's, it's, it's always funny when David Arquette always talks about how, you know, I was a professional wrestler and former world WCW champion. And it's like, motherfucker, like the shit is fake. We all know it's fake. I'm in the it's, Hall it's of sports Fame. entertainment. But <laughs> yeah, he acts like he's like this fucking and I love David Arquette. Don't get me wrong, but it's like, shut the fuck up, dude. You are not the world champion. <laughs> like you got that shit just because they were fucking hurting against the attitude error in the WWF because they were doing better with Stone Cold yes, Steve Austin. Yes, all over your head, baby. I got you. I got I, you. I got to wait for two minutes. You guys talking about wrestling? We are. Well, I held I, your. I held your own, baby. I held. Your I want to come back to camp for a sec. Let's. Uh, yes, sorry. Yes. No, no, no. I mean, we go off topic. That's what we do here. But um, I wanted to talk about um, camp movies. I went to camp once, and it was because it was required when you're in sixth grade. I mean, Sean, I went to, I mean, known each other since grade school, but he was a great behind me. He's not that he's only six months younger than me. I would like to state that for the record, but he was a great behind me. So in sixth grade at our school, um, you got to go camp for a week at this camp that they went to every year. And it was the worst fucking week of my life. I am not an outdoor girl. I'm like, can I just sit in here and do crafts or something? (laughs) Now, I do like to fish. I am like an accomplished fisherman because of my grandfather. But like other than that, I mean, I'm out there with like SPF 100 sunglasses, hat on and I fish. I catch a release and then my ass goes in. I'm covered in bug spray and then I'm, I'm done. I'm done. We're not hiking. We're not hanging out. I'm not fucking with that. So anyway, so that was my only camp experience. My, my parents shipped me out. Uh, it was to my grandparents' house or to my aunt's house, like, you know, for the summer. I, it was not camp because I was like, hell no, I'm not going. But anyway, um, speaking of camp movies, they were really, you know, this is really kind of like the golden age of the camp movie craze. And I think that there is a clear, clear winner. Um, and, is, and, and spoiler alert, it is not Friday the 13th for me. I, uh, I think Sleepaway Camp does it better. And, 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 and that's weird because I love Tom Savini and I think his effects are good in, in the first Friday the 13th. And I think the first Friday the 13th is a solid film. It's, it's not great, but it's, it's not Sleepaway Camp. Sleepaway Camp has that jello point of view killer, but has so many twists and turns, so many deeper meanings. And there's real suspense. There's great kills. Um, Sleepaway Camp's always going to be my favorite camp movie. And you guys know I like the whole franchise, so... Sleepaway Camp 2 as well is, is up there for me. Um, and I and that film knows what it is. The Sleepaway Camp is is different. It's it's genuine and it's, you know, so it's like every camp movie that I watch from the 80s, um, these camp slashers, I'm always comparing them to Sleepaway Camp. And, uh, you know, the burning in Sleepaway Camp, uh, the winner is clear for me. It's going to be Sleepaway Camp. But it doesn't mean that they're, that that the burning doesn't have anything to offer. I don't feel like it. it I, I think it needs to be in like the conversation when you're talking about these kind of films or slashers in general, especially 
We got some really great slashers, late seventies to to mid eighties, and then they started to get shitty, uh, just like glam metal or whatever. You know, just started to get really, really bad. <laughs> but um, but in that time period, that little golden age, we got some really great slashers. This, I mean, this definitely deserves to be in that conversation. But as far as like you know, these the camp slashers, yeah, it's, it's Sleepaway Camp all the way for me. Sleepaway Camp had the best poster. I know that's for sure. Hell yeah, oh, it did. Yeah. Yeah, which it's had nothing to do with the fucking too. movie. You're right. Yeah, nothing to do with the movie at all. But I just thought the, the poster was great. No, I mean, I, I would put Simply Camp in one of my top five movies of all time. Just, mm-hmm. I think, and a lot of that's just that's the first time I saw it. I was just, it just hit me right in the right spot. I was just, it was, it was in the '90s and I was in high school. Put that way, it's got the, and, it's know, got the greatest seen. twist ending. Oh yeah. <laughs> The, the, the twist ending is amazing. Don't get me wrong, but the whole movie is just really well done. It moves really great. The characters, suspense. We got the suspense. Stuff. Yeah, just, there's so much what the fuckery in that movie. Yeah, like in every scene, there's something like going on. But also, it's so relatable. Like the whole atomic setup scene. You know, we yeah. did that at camp. You know, there's oh, so much yeah. stuff like that. And <laughs> we did again, that in it's my letting, bedroom. Yeah, it's just letting kids be little shitheads, which yeah. you know, is always entertaining. Awful, just yeah. the worst. Um, and actually, I did, I did not time it this way, but I uh, dropped my kids off at their first week of, of uh, summer camp this week. Oh, oh wow. <laughs> our kids would have been like, fuck you. I'm not going. Yeah. Well, yeah. this is on like a college campus kind of thing. It's not, like, oh. uh, it's not an outdoorsy camp, but it's, a, yeah. it's just it's just for a week. They're only eight. Um, oh, she so got yeah. little ones. OK, yeah. Yeah. Grown. <laughs> I never I never did the summer camp thing. I, I did Boy scouts. Um, I didn't do that either. Mm-hmm. And, and then I did uh, like we my my mom and dad we went camping. Uh, there's this place uh, I think it's up north here in Indiana called Raccoon Lake. We used to go yeah, there. Yeah, Raccoon Lake. I've been We'd there. Spend spend a couple of weeks in the summer there. Um, had some fun incidents with uh, Black Widow Spider. Uh, no, thank you. Getting in the tent um, that was fun. But no uh, thanks. But yeah, I mean, I'm I'm I'll not with any kind of spider. I'm not much of an outdoorsy guy. Um, I do yard work. That's that's and that's, that's it. A, that's about. I'll mow the grass and plant some flowers, and they and die put in some about mulch two down, weeks. and they'll put mulch down like a motherfucker. Oh, I'll, I'll put some. I find it hilarious when people t- tell me that, like, oh, I used to go. My dad would take us camping. I hear this a lot. My my dad was the least taking his kids camping kind of guy yeah. you ever knew. He was, you know, Dave and I. Dave and I had very different childhood. My dad was this Jewish guy from New York. He was like not, you know, like when we would like drive to South Jersey. Uh, to go somewhere if we saw a cow we would like stop and pull over because it was like <laughs> it was like wildlife to us what were was, you oh gonna do in indiana oh my god uh, it was, it's, and so if it's you just, go outside of indianapolis and the suburbs there's nothing but pig farms cows and corn yeah there we did not, no, no, dude, you not we, now, we a have a family jersey, a lot of new jersey is farmland but not where i'm from i know uh, nico knows where i'm from yeah from where Refinery. Right. But over, over like literally this afternoon, I was on my lunch break quick and I, and I look out my window, literally a family of deer. Like, nice. just, like this is like, this is a groundhog that lives next door. You know what I mean? Like, that's, <laughs> we have wildlife. Like, so have, wildlife. Have, I, have I had the chance to tell my embarrassing camping story? Does anybody know the embar- embarrassing camping story yet? I can, I've already made it up for you. So can I just tell my version of it for you? <laughs> I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to guarantee you this is going to be completely different, but shall we until Jason gets back or should I just tell it now? Um, I say go for it because yeah, I don't know how long it's going to be gone. He'll right. come back in. Because it, does, it doesn't tie in with, with Cropsy, but it ties in with camping. And this, is, this is also part of the reason why I don't go camping. So <laughs> my, um, my mom and my, um, my stepdad were like, you know, it was, it was uh, 90. 
six. Yeah. So I was 16. And um, the year before we had gone to Aruba for, for summer vacation. So we were still kind of paying that one off with, you know, well, they were not me. So my mom always had it in this, in her head that she, you know, we always had to do a summer vacation somehow, somewhere. So she felt bad. We couldn't really afford anything. So she got the bright idea to, to go to Yogi Bear's Jellystone Park. Well, I'm not sure if Dave might know this. It's in Jackson, New Jersey, near Great Adventure, Six Flags Great Adventure. Okay. So like they have a chain, which I didn't realize. They have a chain all throughout the country. So we go there. And the first day we get there, I forgot what happened with this, but somehow my glasses broke. So I was blind. Oh, my God. So this is number one. Number two. Now, this isn't exactly roughing it either because, like, they have, like, electrical outlets. They have, you know. So, like, glamping. Yeah. So, like, you know, we have, like, our TV. We had a VCR. Like, we watched The Crow there. My mom had never seen it, so I bought my my copy of it and whatever. So, midweek, my mom decides she's going to make lunch for everybody, and she picked up. I'll never forget this because anytime I see it, it makes it. It's, like, a funny memory I have of her is Beanie Weenie. (laughs) Oh, God. I'd rather eat vomit. Oh, wait. So she makes oh. beanie weenie for lunch. So we eat. We're all bullshitting. And my sisters are like, you know, I want to go swimming at the lake. And the lake is about a two-mile walk. But, you know, it's it's a nice walk. So, you know, whatever. So I'm like, you guys go ahead. I'll meet you there. I'm going you know, to finish chatting it up with my mom. So about 10 minutes after they left, I was like, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and go meet them at the lake and whatever. I'll be back later. Okay. Uh, beanie weenie, just to answer the question. It's it's like it's almost like what is it? It's like pork and beans with actual chunks of hot dog in it. Yeah. So this is beanie weenie. Okay. Yes, absolutely. That's a lot better than I was expecting. Okay. Beanie weenie is like a name brand for pork and beans. Right. Right. It's fun to say, but it it actually has chunks of hot dog in it. Not not like the 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 little butter fat pork thing and the other pork and beans things that you guys Uh, get. Yeah, I'm not on the West Coast. It might be we might have a different one. So. Start walking, and out of nowhere, I get the bubble guts really bad. Oh. So I'm like, Wait a oh, fuck. No. Oh, no. So I start fucking booking, and I'll mind you, I can't see. Uh-uh. I can only see blurry. Okay. So, like, I'm like, fucking hauling ass and like i'm not gonna lie to y'all like i was like run farting like it was like that bad like because my, my stomach was like <laughs> leaving a dotted line yo, my, my, my stomach yo my my stomach was doing like flips more than fucking mary lou Retton doing her floor exercises in the in the <laughs> oh gymnastics right stay so, together cheeks stay together so yeah so like i'm literally like a few yards from like where my door is right here and i'm like oh look a fucking it was like an outhouse but it was almost like a worker's outhouse like that had like a full functioning because you can kind of see it from that so i'm like yes so i start fucking hauling ass which was one mistake because what i didn't see was there was like this root thing growing in the fucking road where there was like a tree <laughs> there and i tripped over it and i fell face first and the pressure made me fucking shit my pants when i fucking oh no oh no, so, oh, no Nico. yeah so one has a million um, stories like that though I, yes, I so i i knew it happened and like because i felt it all coming out and i was like motherfucker <laughs> and like i, I didn't want to touch anything so like i kind of did one of like the leans and like i just felt it like just slap and i was like 
fuck. And thank God nobody's around me. All right. Like nobody's anywhere remotely close to this. So I go into the bathroom. It has a full working sink. It has a full like actual toilet, not the bullshit that like like a porta potty. Right. Um, so I, I I locked the door, and it actually had like soap and all like these like brown like like paper towel things. So I'm like fuck it. So I took like the horse bath, like the only <laughs> horse bath. So as I'm stripping to fucking start cleaning, and I bent over, I didn't realize there was some residual. I farted and that kind of fucking sprayed okay. on the wall. So I was like, fuck. So I'm, now, mind you, I don't know. How, I, I've lost track of time by this point. And so I hear, I hear, look, see, I love this. But Candy's loving it. So I, I hear, I hear my, my sister's coming up. What happened? Where is he? Whatever. And I'm like screaming. I'm like, I'm like, yo, go back to the site. Go get my bag. Had a little accident. Don't tell mom. No, first so they, thing she's going to do is tell mom. So they, they, they came oh, yeah. back. Siblings. I fucking I, I cleaned up again. I had a bag. I fucking legitimate, legitimately buried that fucking bag. There's a nice tree growing somewhere in New Jersey. Thanks to me. Nice. <laughs> so I go to the shower. <laughs> I, go, I go to I go to the showers. Fucking shower up, whatever. I come back. My mom's like, oh, my my uh, poor baby. I heard what happened. I'm like, what the fuck, guys? So, yeah. So I got babied the whole night, which whatever. I was OK because, you know, mommy's boy. The day before we're supposed to fucking leave, a freak rainstorm hits and my sneakers were outside my tent and a mudslide hit and took my fucking sneakers with it. So now the next oh at this point, I'm like, fuck this. I'm never going camping again. The next day we go home, I'm fucking blind, shoeless and fucking shitty drawers. And I have oh never been camping since. God, I don't blame you. That's you. So there's there's Nico's camping story. So there you go. Jesus Christ. I, when I was on my week camping trip, I kept crying and asking if I could call my mom. I'm in sixth grade. <laughs> you know, I'm like, I just want to go home. Yeah, like I, I would I would rather have dealt with Cropsy or fucking Jason or Angela compared to shedding my fucking pants in the woods. So, so yeah. there you go, guys. Six, 16 years old and I shirt my pants in the woods. But Katie, you, gotta, you gotta you gotta go laugh. I saw you like hysterical laughing. So like at well, least you don't understand, dead. like Sean has IBS and I have all these stories all the time well, and the stuff that happens in okay. It's like we just did an after school special. Yeah. I, I just, <laughs> it's not after it's, school special, never it, eat beanie weenies. It's never yeah. No, no matter how much you love your mom, always tell her no one the beanie weenie. It's okay yeah. if you, you they just don't digest, feelings. they just don't. Just, they exactly. Don't. Just just well, let her know that if you go those. camping, there's a good chance it's, you're gonna shit your pants in right, the woods. It's, it's the goo. It's yeah. the goo that gets you. I, I don't have a, a camping shitting story, but oh, I went. God. Oh God! There's so many though. Oh my I, God. I feel like I, I feel like this this just made the opening quote. Just so you know. Yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> that was it. Yeah, I think oh, it man. may have. That was it. I, uh, I took my daughter sledding one time, and we're on the top of this hill. And I'm wearing this full on like bodysuit, like snow suit, zip up. Is but, it white? No, no we just no, got propelled by. Yeah, it was yeah. it was it was like navy blue or something. <laughs> but anyway, so we had had Arby's on the way there. And oh. and Candy's right. There there was a brief period in my life where I had to take like Prilosec or something because every time I ate, no doubt I had to poop. Like like it was <laughs> I'm just renting food at this point. Like it just it goes in, it comes out. And I'm on the top of this hill, and that that pain, I start getting that pain in my gut, and I start sweating. And I and I tell my daughter, she's probably like seven at this point, and I tell her, I'm like, look, one more time, then we got to go. 
And she was like, okay, but you're going with me. And I'm like, you know what? Let's do it because this is going to get me down the hill the fastest. No. So, so we just, we had those circular sleds, just those, those round plastic, you know, discs and sit down and we go. And I'm halfway down this this hill, oh, and, Jesus. and that's when I realized that some punk ass kids had built like a little kicker ramp <laughs> on the side of this hill. This is my mom's favorite story, by the way. And I hit I hit that fucking ramp full on, and in that probably second second and a half that I was airborne, all of the poop left my body. Oh my god. And then I sat in it when when I slammed down, oh. <laughs> and I could feel. I mean, it was like it felt like hours. It was like slow mo, and I, I get to the bottom, and I can like like every move I make, I can feel it. Now the good thing is I had this full on zipped on zipped up bodysuit, so no one could see or smell a thing Boy, because it was Ralphie. all trapped inside of me. You had the Ziploc bag of poop. Yes. <laughs> but we, we got in the car and I was calm and I just, I walked as, as normal as as one can <laughs> with, you know, a gallon and a half of shit. Stuck in your ass cheeks. <laughs> and, and, and sat in it in the car and drove to the gas station and go inside and go into the bathroom and Pitched the pitched the boxers and cleaned myself off and and then cried yourself to sleep that cried night. myself to sleep. <laughs> That's the thing. He said he had Arby's. Arby's has the meats and they, Sean had the meat sweats. I had the meat sweats. <laughs> Your asshole had the meat sweats. Well, and the thing is, is I'm sorry, and I'm sorry, Jason. Jason's like, yeah, he's like, what? Always like, like, what is like, what did I get into? My first job in high school was Arby's. So I know no. exactly what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's your fault, you bastard. Those mozzarella sticks, man. Sean, the, the good thing when is, I was ever... pregnant with my first, well, yeah, my daughter. Um, I was I was like 20 years old, and there was an Arby's right across the street. And the mm -hmm. only thing I ever wanted to eat were the cheese sticks. So I'd order that 20 pack and just scarf <laughs> oh, them. And I'm like, I'm, but I kept swearing I had the flu. I was like completely in denial that I was pregnant. I was like, no, I just wanted 20 mozzarella. Who can eat? I couldn't do that on a bet right now. Well, so I, don't, I don't really have a Sean. fun shit story, but Sean has enough for the rest of us. Well, Sean, so I was going to say, I was going to yeah. say, I mean, Sean, if they ever do a remake of Sleepaway Camp 2, you and I are going to be the Shep Brothers instead of the Shep Sisters. <laughs> the Shep Brothers. That's, that's going to be us. Just, I, I just, just wanna, feed me I, Beanie Weenie I, and you Arby's. I don't, have a, I don't have a shit story, but I just want to share like the most uncomfortable like moment for me at work is when you have to go and you're walking down the hallway trying to look like you don't have to go <laughs> and you're doing that kind of that kind of oh, penguin social walk. awkwardness right and, and then you're thinking okay everybody knows i need this shit and then then, then you make it worse it's just that's, that's oh, yeah it's the i'm sorry i i have no gallbladder and i'm missing six and a half inches of my colon I tell everybody, I gotta go to the bathroom and I run. <laughs> Yo, the worst is when you're trying to go to the bathroom and like some motherfucker stops you when they're like, hey, how about this? I'm like, I got it. No one tries to stop me. I flip them a bird and I keep on running. And you know what? I'm, 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 I'm going to tie this all. I'm going to tie all of this shit in with this movie because it's all, <laughs> all, all this shit equals Harvey Weinstein. So there, there you go. Right. That's there we true. go. There we go. Is this, a, is this a segue into shitty reviews? Yes. Oh. If I can very quickly uh, share a couple things. Um, Absolutely. Oh, what, what, what's the verses, by the way? We didn't do one tonight. We, um, we can make I, one up. Tonight was uh, because we've been so tired and, and all this. I, I just I didn't put anyone together. So I, I, um, I can make one right now for you guys if you want. 
All right. What is it? Because so Savini did the effects for this one and Friday the 13th was through Cropsey versus Jason, the final chapter, Jason. Oh, and, okay. That's easy. Yeah. Jason. Final chapter, Jason. Yeah. Jason. I was going to say that's, that's pretty easy, Jason. Cropsey's just a guy with a grudge. Yeah. And a big pair of scissors. Well, Jason's also a gigantic Mongoloid mama's voice. So it's the same thing. He's got a grudge too. But he's like immortal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, which kind of which kind of by the way like this the fact that this movie never got a sequel, I think kind of says it all too. Yeah. Do we need a sequel? I mean no. it, it no. the it ending could have. Yeah, the ending almost makes it seem like maybe they wanted to do like a franchise thing with it, but it just never. Well, I I, I no. will say and me and who she who we do not speak of, the former producer that we no longer speak about. Her and I were were riff tracking this movie at the Mahoning. Um I was doing it just earlier. Blood, <laughs> and we were saying at the end, it's like, oh, here we go. Here comes uh the, the, the burning two, still burning, and then the burning three, extra crispy. <laughs> um, <laughs> Deep the, the, the burning <laughs> Four, yeah, deep fried. The burning five burnt. <laughs> like and, a then, and then you know, burning even, six. This time it's personal, right? Then we were talking <laughs> about when you saw like the, you know, the the, you know, when Cropsey's POV. We're like, oh look, it's in Cropsey vision, you know, like yeah, you know. yeah. But yeah, this you know. movie definitely didn't deserve a fucking sequel. I'm sorry. No, I mean, I don't trust IMDb trivia too much, but does say something about this movie was huge in Japan. Oh yeah, yeah. Like of that fair, year of all time, I, I didn't quite it wasn't wasn't very well sourced. To be fair, uh, I'm also huge in Japan too, so I'm, uh, I don't have a, I don't have a sequel, so you know. <laughs> okay, I'm just gonna share a couple of thoughts from people when I put this out that we were doing this episode. Um Cultworthy Podcast says we just covered this too. My preferred summer camp slasher. Um Epic Film Guy says it's severely underrated. And I believe it was on Instagram, the one I really, really wanted to share. Let me get on there real quick. I'm sorry, it was unprepared. I mean, among- this is the house that's also unprepared tonight. Um, give me a sec. I mean, among the among horror fans, I would say it's fairly rated. I don't think maybe for the general public, but I think among horror fans, like we're aware of it. We all that sequence, you know, plus is great screen- for clips. But, and Screen Factory uh, helped too. Yeah, yeah. Re- you know, re- revive it. So um, Sleaze Boy, who um, always comments on the posts uh, on Instagram, um, says, what I find hilarious is that George Costanza managed to survive in a genre where the rules are final girls only. It also explains why he's neurotic. I was like, I cannot <laughs> find the lie. Um, and then um, Blood and Feathers 87, my favorite slasher. Um, I don't understand, and, and I'm sorry, everyone, but I don't understand how this could be anyone's favorite slasher. And and, and you, you guys know that I love Tom Savini. I'll save my rant, I guess. I'm just saying, like, I just don't understand how this could be anyone's favorite slasher when there's so many to choose from. Um, right. And, it mean, needs to be in the conversation, but, but I, like, I know a lot of people favorite, that I don't get yeah. it. I know a lot of people that that this is they consider this their favorite slasher of all time. Yeah, one, I mean, one of I gotta, favorite I, horror movies of all time. I didn't even yeah. share everything. I mean, the a lot of people. I think the Cropsey character himself, he's not very sympathetic in this. I mean, he, he does get, you know. No one's he, fucking he get, sympathetic. Yeah, right. He's, he, there's nothing, no one's sympathetic in this. I, I mean, he was a horrible person before the kids set him on fire. He, we just you know, want them he, all he, dead. Beat the, he beat the kids. He, yeah, he was a drunkard, you know, not that he deserved to get set on fire, but well, he's not very sympathetic. He set I himself think, on fire. Yeah, he does. Well, that's why when you keep a can of gasoline next to your bed, 
You're asking for trouble. You're yeah. just asking for trouble. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, like well, hmm. there, there was a lot of plot armor in this. And, and you know, just to say a last word on the Weinstein thing. This was, you know, um, Weinstein wanted to make movies and, you know, horror was an easy way to make a buck. A lot of our favorite directors like George Romero, he didn't want to be a horror director, but it's a way to turn a buck. It's a way to make money. So a lot of, you know, these that went on to be these really great horror directors, they weren't planning on staying in the genre. Um, but you know, Craven try to, you know, mm -hmm. break out. Yeah, I mean, like, but it, but they always came back because their fans, like horror fans, we are like fucking hardcore. We want, we want more of that shit. Like, we love that shit. That's what you are to us. You are our god in horror, and we love horror. So you need to come back and do this shit because we don't care about that shit. Yeah, I mean, you know, no one's having no one's having romantic comedy conventions. Yeah, right, exactly. And you I mean, know, horror fans are always to die, You know. And you know the irony is, is like someone like like Peter Jackson, who who you know got his start doing these these, and he's managed to actually transition to. There are a few rare. He's he's one of the few that like was Sam Raimi. But do but 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 with Sam Raimi, he always returns to horror. And he, with Peter Jackson, if you told him like to go make Dead Alive again, he fucking would. Well, I, I think now with with the resources that he has, it would be a bigger budget film. Oh yeah, but I'm saying the, like he would the little masterpiece that it was said himself. He would go back and do something like Dead Alive or Bad Taste. Oh, uh, I'm sure and, he will. You know, and 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 I'm like, good for you, buddy. I love it. <laughs> um, I, I want to go back for a second too. We talk talk, talk about people talking about this being their favorite horror movie. Now, I think there's got to be a distinction between some, saying something's your favorite and saying something's your best. The Why? Best. Like I, I would make an argument that Sleepaway Camp is my favorite slasher movie, but I would still probably say, yeah, Halloween might be a better movie. Right. So when people say something. That's, that's where we do like you know this the split between the critic and the fan. Right. So when someone says like, oh, the Burning is my is my favorite uh, horror movie, you know, that's, that's just a personal opinion. Maybe they saw it at a time that they were just you know they just really hit right there for them. Um, that yeah. Don't, don't, we don't, you don't want to yuck someone's yum. That's, oh, the, way no, that. That's mean, the way it is with everything, though. You, you bring what you, what your own stuff to it. Mm -hmm. Right, right. Where you are, yeah. And people are going to like what they like. And what's great about horror fans on the whole, um, I mean, of course, there's always that one or two percent of people who are just assholes in the world. But most horror people, <coughs> they're really accepting. Fence. We meet up at horror cons. You know, somebody's a Jason person, I'm a Freddy person. We're not going to fight about it. We're going to be like, that's awesome. You know, we're gonna yeah. find that common ground. We're we're horror fans. I mean, like so. my and on because Jason doesn't know me from this is the first time. Like my and I've always said it, and we covered it prior that you could listen to again. My favorite horror movie of all time is an American Werewolf in London. It's not even a slasher film. I love slasher films, yeah. but American Werewolf is my favorite, and and it's literally followed by Creepshow. Some choices. So, yeah, I mean, they're they're yeah. great movies. We've done so many that I love, and then some that i really fucking hate <laughs> yeah. I, I i learned in season two to not torture myself and everyone else i'm like i'll stick to stuff that we may disagree on but nobody's gonna outright fucking hate it uh, there's been a couple like the shining i just was like a nope i noped out of that and you, so I'm like, you, you and guys I, don't want me on that you and episode. i, you and I, I agree on that it. one still no, uh, no matter what you and i oh. always agree how much we hate that fucking movie i fucking hate the shiny he's the only person that agrees with me but the but the book is fucking fantastic compared i'm reading to it right now yeah. again but anyway it is time crystal boop, 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 boop. <laughs>
haters, I be shitting on these haters. Shit, shit, shitting on these haters, I be shitting on these, shitting on these, shitting on these, shitting on these, shitting on these haters. Like I took a laxative. That was like the remix. I mean, it's my birthday. <laughs> Happy birthday to Crystal. Happy birthday, Crystal. Happy birthday to you. So uh, I'm not going to strip tease right now. I'll do it later. I thought you were doing the Rocky Horror. I'm going to do that later. <laughs> Actually, I'm naked from the waist down right now. Oh, nice, nice. <laughs> he is. That's, that's is you that, can find that, that on our OnlyFans. Wait, Talking is about that, beanie weenies. Balling. Oh is, that that, is that that fucking slapping sound I hear in the background? Or that is get the up slapping you, sound. You, you adjust, it's like slap. That's it's his, Crystal's birthday. I mean, she, he's, he's doing a show or something. He's, that's his meat and two veg. <laughs> <laughs> Wedding gaggle. <laughs> All right. So Rotten Tomato score on this. We, kind of a kind of a flip for what we normally see for horror movies. Uh, the critics like this better than the audience. Uh, critics mm. gave this 80%, mm-hmm. and the audience gave it 60%. That's mm. really fucking weird. That is weird. Um, so like I said uh, earlier, you're going to see a theme here. Um, so yeah. bear with me. <clears throat> yeah. um, our first one comes, for, comes from Morgane. Uh, every man in this is a creep, and it's easy to understand why when you see who wrote it. <laughs> Nick yeah. Nick says, um, I kind of fucking hated this. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. I almost I put my cigarette out. Um, let's see. Batman's right toe. <laughs> <laughs> I love some of the names for these. Good one. This film was written by the Weinsteins. That says it all. I hope this would be a knockoff. Hold on. Let me start this over. I think he wrote this wrong. I hoped this would be a knockoff Friday the 13th. But no, just plain awful, and not in a fun slasher way. The pacing was truly dire. I could skip forward 30 seconds, and they'd still be walking slowly through a forest from the killer. All tension is lost for sheer boredom. Instead, we get subjected to rapey teens sexually harassing girls for an hour and a half. It made me cringe so bad. The film portrays this as the norm, and that boys will be boys. Nope, no thank you. Should be. Now here's the fucking kicker. Here's the thing that made this a shitty review. Should be buried in a hole alongside Leon the Professional. Yuck. Uh, don't you ever talk about Leon the yeah, Professional. Yeah, don't you. Like I will fight you. That, I will slap I, you right in the face. I will Batman's fight you. right toe. I'm yeah. on the Joker, bitch. Yeah, yeah. Um, our next one's from MKT20. Genuinely, deeply uncomfortable and horrible to watch. And I can't wait for Harvey Weinstein to die. Damn. <laughs> I know. I can't see the lie. So, two separate yeah. thoughts, but whatever. Yeah. Um, Ryan ten sixteen says has too much Weinstein going on, way too rapey for me. And last but not least, we got a lightning round here, three in a row. Ben C says an incredible collection of the most hateable characters. Uh, Shint Silver says racist rapist, and Pluto says fuck this movie and the dick holes who wrote it. Oh, the dick holes. <laughs> the dick holes. <laughs> Wow. Well, and then. that's that. All right. Um, I mean, how, how do you how do you follow Batman's right toe there? I mean, <laughs> I mean you attempt to. You ask the left toe. I mean, yeah. I mean, Candy. I mean, I just I just hope you can follow Batman's right toe. Just, just, just please. I, I, know. I don't know that I can. I, I'm. I don't know that I can. But I'm going to do my best at, at, at trying to give an extremely <laughs> conflicted review here. Okay. So for me, 
Um, the best I could do on this one was a seven out of ten extremely white asses. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it it's so hard to, with with the Weinstein thing. Um, it's so hard to uh, leave that out of the conversation and that this was the breakthrough film and that, of course, it being the first film, it's when he started harassing and, and you know, sexually, you know, assaulting these women like from the get go. Um, and, and it's like, it's just now, I mean, that was in 1981. It's just now this fucker's going to jail. Like, why did it take so long? But anyway, um, and, and, and I know that it was written by the Weinsteins and it's like, um, it's kind of obvious, you know, but Tom Savini is correct when he says this is still the better film than um, Friday the 13th part two. Um, it's, it's not the best film I've ever seen. It's not the best slasher I've ever seen. It's not even the best camp slasher I've ever seen. I don't hate it. I don't necessarily love it. It's just sort of there. But um, and that's separating the art from the, the creator. Um, it's just they're they're it's overly long and it's not really a long running time and, and it feels overly long. That's the problem. When you have pacing problems, everything is off in your movie. There were times where, you know, it was just too dark to see anything that was going on. Like you can color correct that in the lab, like just these missteps where it's like, you know, it's amazing that this could be a first film and it just everything, you know, the best parts of it were the Tom Savini parts. He actually had to rewrite parts, do some of the stunts, um, things like that, because he was not happy with parts of the story and how it played out. Um it's just like, you know, when you're when your effects guy is saying, wow, OK, we need to fix this. I mean, he obviously had experience with films and acting and all of that. But it's just uh, I don't know. It just feels overly long, you know, and it, when your pacing's off, when your coloring is off, when you can't see how these these cool kills are happening, it just really takes away. So <laughs> and you guys know I like a slow burn. I watch a three and a half hour long Ari Aster film and be riveted every moment. And there's so many great first movies, like think about Toby Hooper with Texas Chainsaw Massacre, done, perfect. Like, you know, like it's hard to even, that's a perfect fucking film and that's out of the gate. So it can be possible to do that. And this, it just didn't happen here. I understand why it's a cult favorite because uh, a lot of the tropes that are tropes now were not tropes then. Um and it's usually people who have some sort of nostalgia or just really, really love the slasher genre um, that I think go on and on about this. I, I just think like it should be in a conversation, but not for very long. Um, there's definitely better. So and, and you know, I always rate overly high. So a seven's pretty low for me. But um, and all the seven goes to Tom Savini. Sorry, it does. But yeah, seven out of ten, extremely white asses. Daddy Tom. <laughs> And I'll go real quick before Nico. Um, yeah. I'll be real quick. She she took up most of my time. Um, <laughs> I'm playing. I'm playing. Um, I'm going to give this 8 out of 10 um, shitty tan lines. Um, I know I brought that up a couple of times, but boy, it was. They're distracting. Right there. Um, girl's butt was pale. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I love this film. And, you know, it's. Uh, 
I know Jason said earlier that, that it's a guilty pleasure, and this is absolutely a guilty pleasure of mine. Um, some things that I would have changed, um, you know, that last 15-minute uh, scene with uh, Todd and Alfred, I could have cut, you know, a good 10 minutes out of that, Alex. <laughs> um, but, you know, other than that, I mean, the, the special effects in this are great. Um, I, I wanted to, to go into, like, favorite kills, um, but we just didn't get around to it. But one of my favorite scenes is when the dude gets his fingers chopped off. And yeah, it just, it, it's Steven. so quick and it, but it just, oh, it looks so fucking good. Um, and, uh, the other one is when, when Glazier gets, uh, the, uh, uh, in, stuck through the neck and gets carried back to the tree. Um, there was, there's a point of view shot where the camera looks like it's on the handle of the shears when he's, you know, pushing him back. And I just, it's, a, it's very quick, but I love that shot. Um, yeah, there's, there's other than that, there really isn't a whole lot about this film that I don't like. I know Tom Savini had some gripes about some of the burn, uh, makeup that he did. And I think, I think he was specifically talking about the arm in the hospital scene, um, where he grabbed, um, the dollar store Lawrence Fishburne and, <laughs> uh, and I, only, I only say that because there was something in the trivia that talked about how people always thought that this was Lawrence. Was Lawrence. They're, they're Lawrence mistaking Fishburne. it for dream warriors because yeah. he mm-hmm. is an orderly in that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, uh, but I think that's the scene that he was talking about because when they, when they show Cropsey's face at the end, like, I think that looks fucking fantastic. Um, I think he did a great job there. Um, there's some pictures of him in that book that show him sculpting that in clay and stuff. And it just looks really fucking awesome. Uh, but yeah, I think all in all, I think this is a it's a fun film. Uh, it's enjoyable. Definitely not um, tops on uh, camp films, but you know it's it's definitely up there for me. So eight out of ten, shitty tan lines. Okay, uh, Nico. Um, I'm gonna give this seven and a half uh, out of ten. George Costanza's debut <laughs> film. Yeah, there it is. Costanza. Jason Alexander. Um, it's it's a it is a guilty pleasure slasher. Um, I do feel dirty watching it now when it when and and I try not to as much just because of you know like you know who's behind the film, but um, you know it's it's place in horror isn't um, something to be taken lightly because it is a huge cult favorite. It is a big slasher favorite amongst horror fans. It is a bit camp slasher favorite amongst horror fans not mine it, that would probably be one of the friday the 13th i mean literally you could pick any one of them except for part five and i would probably end part eight because they don't take place at camp or really yeah so that that's for another time um sleepaway camp is obviously better than this one as well by by far I, I think they kind of got it right by not doing a sequel because i think they would have taken away from from this one as well with with that um i i do feel as though now that all like their their assets have been liquidated and they've kind of been sold up i know like mgm owns this now that um this is probably going to be ripe for a remake especially since amazon prime just spent all that money to, to purchase Am- mgm and purchase the rights for their entire library so i i would i wouldn't be surprised if we get something new from from prime for this coming very soon sooner rather than later 
because they're going to exploit the hell out of that entire library, whatever they can. Just like we know they're doing a killer clowns, either remake, sequel, or series, because right, yeah. it's it's just ripe for the picking. And you know, that it's like when Disney bought Star Wars, you didn't spend all that money just to like let it sit dormant and not touch it. Right. You know, you're you're gonna do something with it. The, hence why they're doing the Lord of the Rings, because you know, MGM actually has the rights for Lord of the Rings and it reverted back, you know. <laughs> They got it back, and we're getting that this yeah. in September, which I'm excited for. But yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Did you just um, compare the burning to Star Wars? No, no. <laughs> I, I, I compared the, the IP. Just to so Nico is a staunch Star Wars fan, as are a lot of us. Here I know. I'm just show. kidding. Oh yeah, and the, but the fact of like the you know the IP itself. I know. I mean, I was kidding. I was yeah, hold on, hold just, on. Anakin gets burned. Cropsy oh, gets burned. Cropsy gets burned. Uh, so. versus Darth Vader. Does that, wait, does that make does that make Todd Luke? Uh, Ewoks. I was like, you see Alfred. Is oh he, yeah, yeah. He, I guess I guess Alfred would be Luke. I mean, if he's a whiny bitch, then creepy, yes, he's, creepy, he's Luke. Yes. Tom Luke. <laughs> um, but anyway, to kind of get back to this and kind of wrap it up quickly, uh, it it is a it is a fun, enjoyable little little camp slasher it's it's not my my absolute favorite but i did enjoy it the first couple of times i've seen it um i like i, I don't know i mean I, I guess i can recommend it but i feel like if they're gonna go in and fix this they should need to take those those two out of the, the the credits completely even though like they really want to erase the memory that the fact that they actually did do this and they're responsible for it you know so i don't know it's just it's kind of hard to kind of talk about this now that knowing what we know now versus what we didn't know then with this film so um but yeah i mean the fact that we got jason alexander who went on to become george costanza and one of the biggest shows ever on seinfeld we got holly hunter briefly in this movie and the great fisher stevens who i feel like is super underrated and pretty much everything he's in um getting his poor fingers chopped off by cropsy in this um the effects are great you know tom savini's in top form as always not my favorite Tom Savini effects. I feel like that really is creep show, like fluffy, especially. I mean, I feel like he he really like blew his load all over that that thing in, in the best way possible. So yeah, and like with the everything. Go ahead, no, say it because I oh I'm Bob. Yeah, I mean, but 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 fluffy. I mean, it was his first attempt at animatronic. I'm on board. I mean, he it was his first attempt at animatronic, and he fucking knocked it out the park. You know, just yeah, but but no, yeah, seven and a half out of ten George Costanza film debuts. So there you go. Um, that that's good. Uh, Dave and or Crystal, you guys ready? I'm I'm gonna give it uh, seven out of ten ineffectual bullies. No. Um, I, I like that, although I, being a little bit older, the, the whole uh, summer camp slasher genre has never been my kind of thing. Um, I, I enjoy them, but I'm not really steeped in them like, like some other people are. I thought this one was, was good. It reminded me a lot, of, we, and we talked about while we were watching it last night for the first time, of The Fun House. Yes. That, you know, it rose a little bit above its contemporaries. Um, I, I thought um, it, it held my interest. It has an interesting... Uh, pacing problem like it's starts off really slow i don't think you get a, a single camper killed for like 50 minutes and then you get that great you know uh raft kill which is, is just insane and then again it gets a little slow for a while but uh it, it sort of has some pacing problems i remember seeing like 
the uh, the finger snip scene eight, ages ago in like you know on YouTube like ten best kills in horror movies, not knowing at all where it came from. I'm glad I finally got to see it. Um, uh, but I thought I thought it rose above its contemporaries in a lot of ways. Um, it is interesting, and like Jason said, it's interesting that it's a it's a summer camp movie that actually has campers like kids running around, especially in the cafeteria scene. You see it full of a lot of kids. It did not have a small budget. It's like a one and a half million dollar budget, which you know in 1981 or whatever this, that was you know what 20 or 30 million in today's dollars. Yes. Can I can I interject? I, I don't like to interrupt people's please. I try to be careful. But um, Holly Hunter, this she said, you know, I got paid a thousand dollars a week. Yes. For this. Yeah, which was right. She, she was, was able to get her Screen Actors Guild card with this movie, and she was able to pay her rent, so she didn't have to waitress. Yeah, the amount she, the amount of the amount of people you see in this movie that you recognize from other things is pretty pretty high up there too. I, I enjoyed it. I I, I enjoyed it fine. Um, I, I, it's, like I said, the summer camp thing's never been my kind of go-to thing. Like, can you you just held up Day of the Dead? That's my that's my fucking Ballywick right there. You know, give me Rickles getting his eyelid torn up, and I'm there. Yeah, but uh, but it's, it was good. It was I enjoyed it. Said Ballywick. I did say Ballywick. Twenty three Skidoo. Oh yes, baby. <laughs> my turn. It is your birthday. It's my birthday. I get to piss on everybody's parade. You do. Yes. You do. All right. So I am gonna give this six out of ten clock tower ripoffs because uh, we didn't mention that. Because uh, I mean, last night was the first time I saw this, so you know I'm coming in from, I guess today's look at. I like the Friday the 13th series. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm a big Jason fan, so I, I do like Sleepaway Camp, but for me, as far as, like, camps and all of that stuff and camp horror-themed movies, Jason. Um, plus, they filmed a lot of that here in Georgia. So, um, for me, this, like I said, I got overwhelmed with, as many characters as they tried to pull in and keep you focused on, even while we were watching it, I kept asking Dave, Hey, who's that supposed to be? Hey, who's that supposed to be? Hey, who's that supposed to be? And he was like, I don't fucking know. So, (laughs) you know, other than like Todd and Michelle, Dave, um, Woodstock and um, Glazer, I really couldn't keep track Oh, and um, Tiger. I really okay. couldn't keep track of anybody else. And the only reason I could keep track of Tiger was because of her haircut. She had the Dorothy Ooh. Hamill haircut down pat. Um, but I, I really could not keep track of anybody else's name or who they were supposed to be or anything else. It just was kind of flooded as far as, like, we're supposed to keep up with all of these people. I think they could have slimmed down a little bit. And I know that as far as like the backgrounds, like they was saying there were a lot of kids and like the, uh, the meal halls were full and stuff. They actually filmed at summer camps while those camps were going on. So that was why, why those were, um, why those were full and things, but, all I could see the whole time, like the prostitute scene and that kill scene with, with the scissors. I have a pair of those scissors. What? That is that is what, you know, I used to cut my fabric with. Don't ever use those on paper. 
Same thing will happen to you. Don't use those on paper. Um, those motherfuckers are sharp. So all I could, all I could see with the scissor kills, with these pruning shear kills, was the Clock Tower game series. That's all. That's all I could see, though. Even though we don't really see Kronk see, you know, in, in his glory, you know, until like kind of the end or, you know, you see an arm, you know, with the Big Mac, uh, you know, scene. But, you know, you don't really see him. That's all I could think about was somebody lurking around like the clock tower killer, you know, in the video game, just snipping, you know, that's all I could think about. Uh, but I think my favorite kill wasn't actually killed. My favorite scene was after the raft is floating down the river because that raft made me think of um, Snoopy, but it also made me think of Tales from the Crypt where um, it's the blob story where they're kind of stuck out in yeah, the Creep Show too. Yeah, it's too. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I, I do get those kind of mixed <laughs> up. I thought I was probably four when I saw those. Okay, but it it, it makes it made me think of that too, where they're stuck out there. Um, but um, was where she grabs a hold of the arm. Michelle grabs a hold of the arm and realizes that they're dead, and she just takes the arm with her. And as she turns around, the body just bobs up. It's like hi. I'm coming to get you, <laughs> you know, kind of thing. Um, but, you know, there were some good kills. There were great special effects in the movie. I'll give it that. But it, it wasn't, it didn't really grab me. I think I just kind of got overwhelmed by everything that was going on. Um, so for me, six out of 10 clock tower ripoffs. All right. And that leaves you, Jason. What did you think about this movie? I'm going to give it uh, seven vitamin E pills. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, I pretty much can echo everything everyone said, you know, in the, in the, my, it's not the best. It's not the worst. The rap scene is by far the highlight of the, sh- of the movie. Um, and also, again, we don't usually see that much violence in broad daylight too in, in horror movies. So to, right. to do that was pretty, was pretty bold and like, it, at least it looks like it was they, they shot it at least like they pulled a lot raft up so like it looked like they were in the middle of the lake but i'm sure they're just like one, one half is on the on the dock or something they just flip it around um but it's still just such an iconic scene in horror um but yeah i feel like a seven's a good spot for this i'm not going to go over everything one said but you know it, it, it's a guilty pleasure just file under that yeah and the one thing I, I didn't mention is the uh gratuitous use of bluegrass music in that one scene Oh my lord! No, uh, it just like, like home. came out of nowhere, and I'm just like, "Here we go, yeah." <laughs> and you expect to, Ned Beatty around the corner, and, and to even <laughs> kind of touch like a pig because we didn't even touch on that too. Is uh, Jason was correct? This movie uh, blatantly does most of its horror in broad daylight. Broad daylight, yeah, yeah. It, even it the, even the nighttime opposite. scenes were in broad daylight. There was some day oh, for night shit going oh, on. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that drives me yeah, nuts. Yeah. Yeah. Day for night, yeah. I gotta hate it. And then the uh, one that they did shoot in the dark, we didn't get to see how awesome the special effects right, were. Right, you dark. don't even get to too see fucking it. fucking dark. You were wishing right. for day for night. Plus, uh, Rick Wakeman, didn't he do the soundtrack? He did this? the soundtrack. Yeah. Yes? From Yes. Yeah. Oh, wow. I knew I recognized that name, and I was trying to place it. From Yes. He did it for me, so thank you. Because I didn't do, like, any, I showed you guys my notes. They're, they don't exist. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> 
Also, I do want to shout out that we open the opening sequence with the um, the, the accident where he gets set on fire. That's that's a really cool fire uh, stunt. So I'll give yeah. him credit for that. And I also had, I did want to bring up we a, a film that we loved and we did for my birthday a couple years ago was The Final Girls. And mm-hmm. we all really mm-hmm. loved that one. And, we, and I really feel like, you know, they pulled a lot from Cropsey. Is that the Malin yeah. Ekman one? Yes. Like yes. The final, there's a couple with that scene. Yeah, okay, yeah, that was really good. Yeah, and it, I, you know, you could feel it pull from a lot of camp slashers, but I felt like it pulled a lot from the burning, you know, um, with its villain because there's a prank that's gone wrong and mm-hmm. it creates, you know, Billy the Killer with the Tiki kind of mess. But I thought it was a fantastic movie. So it's one of those things like if it exists, and we got the final girls from it, which was is totally underrated. I'm happy. Yeah. I'm speaking, happy. Of movies, speaking of movies, I need a sequel. That's that's absolutely one of them. Okay, yeah. because I want to see I want to see part two, Cruel Summer. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Dave asked me at the beginning of, of this movie, like with the burn burn unit and everything. Had I worked the burn unit and I had told him yes, and he was asking me. You know, did burnt flesh smell delicious? And I said, absolutely. I feel like if you're really hungry, you I, know, said, I thought, you know, absolutely no. fucking not. No. And so never. See, if Erica were here, she would say yes, because we've had that discussion before. Yeah, she we, probably, we have. Yeah, she probably would. But as a nurse, no, you uh, get that smell in your nostrils and it's a smell you do not forget. There's a few few smells as a nurse you get. In your I know nostrils. decay is one of them because yeah, my decom- cousin's a nurse. Decomposition. Yeah, you don't well, ever decom- want that smell in your nose ever again. Like but say I somebody like has like a bad of, tooth thing no. going on is decomposing in there. They can smell it. Yes. And, and I like, like how they kind of dump Cropsy out like after a week, week and a half at the hospital in a burn. And you're like, here you go. Fuck you. Infections, <laughs> whatever. Okay, can, we, can we talk about how so Cropsy's in the hospital. So, he OK, so he's in somewhere probably upstate New York at some yeah. camp. He gets burnt. They take him to uh-huh. hospital in Times Square. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Walk it out. It looks like it's like Times Square. Yeah. yeah. That, so, was, that, was, that, was, that was really funny. In a lot of our hooker, movies, I was we like, want a day? Got any money? Looking for mm-hmm. some action? We've, we've talked about Times Square of the 80s, the late 70s, early 80s. Yeah. yeah. Like, about that a lot. We like, don't specifically say it's Times Square in this, but it certainly looks like it with the peep shows. It and that. does. Mm-hmm. And like you can spend a quarter, and I still want to know A, how long is that porno? And B, <laughs> Like how much chlamydia that's, am that's I? That's why they called it a peep show. You just I mean, talking about burns. You guys remember when cars used to have those cigarette lighters? Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. My yep. parents left me in the car once, and I didn't know what that was, so I was playing oh. with it. And I burnt my hands. Oh, you know, I can still, I think, I can still I, smell it. It's terrible. Uh, I knew what it was because my mom smoked, and of course, it turned to me. You know, when your parents smoke, you tend to smoke. And luckily, my kids never took it up, but. uh you know, I think like, I think all of us smoke. had that rite of passage though when we were little. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, what's this? Boom. My mom lighting up her marriage in it. the eighties. Yeah, you, you had the ashtrays in the back of the seats when you were in the back. And we didn't talk about Cropsy's homemade flamethrower. Pretty, pretty impressive, you know, for you know, a guy in a shed. But I would think you yeah. would have a fear of fire. Apparently not. No, was, that was Jason. That thing was blasted. But I mean, like you know, <laughs> I, I would think the thing that that. That did that to you, you would have a, like some kind of PTSD. Yeah, like an you know, I'm just thinking like yeah. a, a clinician, like psychiatrist here. You really might, a, a you might, but. but also the Weinsteins might have thought that if they did that, they could have gotten copyright sued because it could have went too close to Jason. 
since Jason does have that fear of fire. So if they did any other scene with Cropsy after he got burned and he showed any fear since it's a summer camp, it's a serial killer, then you have him as the killer being scared of fire. You know, that that's too much kind of plagiarism. They could have sued. You know, the, the creators of Jason could have sunk, could have sued. I think it could have probably gone on either way. But yeah, it could have. Yeah. Speaking of either way, it's time for plugs because uh, Shauna does got to work super early, and I know um, you guys do too. Mm-hmm. Um, so hopefully you've had a good birthday, and I'm glad you spent it with us. Yeah. Um, I've spent a couple birthdays on the show, and and it's it's a fun thing. Um, so uh, we'll let our guests uh, plug first. Anything that you want to um, put out there for listeners to hear, where they can find you, things like that. Anything yeah, else you might so, talk about? Yeah, so I'm one of the hosts of the podcast Dads from the Crypt. What we are, we're three dads who are re- watching and reviewing the entire Tales from the Crypt uh, series. And we're covering the movies. Um, and then we have a lot of great interviews uh, with people um, who either acted or produced or directed episodes of Tales of the Crypt. Again, Dr. Jack Shoulder, uh, Dr. Todd Masters, Dr. Uh, Ernest Dickerson, who did the Demon Knight movie. Love that. Um, my favorite. That's like. so good. And uh, yeah, we've talked to William Sadler a ton. Um, he's such a great guy. Um, and we also we actually partnered with one of the producers to do a whole mini podcast called How Not to Make a Movie, The Making of Bordello of Blood. About how yeah. everything went wrong possible when they made that movie. So um, it's a great it's a great lesson in, in filmmaking. It's a great you know human story about how like this movie ruined some lives or at least like temporarily really fucked some lives up and um, how people kind of bounce back from those kind of things. Um, so that's a great one. But we have great guests on our shows uh, all the time. We have some great guests coming up, right, uh, Candy? Um, and but really at the core of it, we're just three friends that just go on a podcast and just shoot the shit, you know, half the time. We talk a little bit about tales. We do, you know, we do we pair music and trivia, and then we also kind of give dad advice. So like, you know, if it's an episode that had like race car driving, we talk about you know how teaching your kids to drive, you know, driver's ed stories, that kind of stuff. So really, it, it's tales. The crypt is the the window dressing, and then you know, hopefully, you'll stay and listen to us. Just be, you know. I love us. you guys' content, and I am a huge Tales from the Crypt fan. Going back to the '50s EC comics, mm-hmm. like I am such a nerd about those. The, I, I have like collections, and that no nice. one's allowed to touch and shit about that. Um, but yeah, so I'm really excited. So maybe I can do some moment advice with you guys. Oh hell yeah, no! We had, we had a Mother's Day special. Um, you know, we do all kinds of fun stuff. So, so, so um, my my question is, what is your dad advice for the burning? Take your kids camping. Yes. Um, fire safety don't leave cans of gasoline by your bed there you don't, go don't be a dick to your to the kids at the camp you work at uh, maybe lock your door and don't, um, don't eat beanie weenies when you go on or you will shit your pants i didn't interrupt but one time when i worked at a camp we took the kids on an overnight you know uh, off-site so the, the kitchen gave us a bunch of food and they gave us the eggs to make for breakfast. And I didn't know it at the time, but the eggs were powder. Oh, yeah. oh my yeah. God. Oh. It was like powder that you have to rehydrate and cook. It was. Right. Yeah. 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 That condensed milk will just put me on a starvation diet. Yeah. Um, 
so but yeah uh we're on uh instagram at dads from the crypts uh our twitter handle because we couldn't fit the whole title it's crypt dads um we get we get uh tagged a ton of cryptocurrency posts um <laughs> which is just always amusing but um you know the it's been so great meeting everyone uh, and listening to your podcast because there's so many great podcasts out there. They're so friendly and so supportive of each other. It's just really great. You know, we've only been doing it for a year and then, to, you know, the, all the people we've met in, the, in that year have been really, really cool. So thanks yeah, for having me on that. I appreciate it. And the horror podcast community is a family and we all mm. support each other. Um, we're part of a network, but, you know, we still work with people in other networks. Like everybody is super friendly. Obviously I do like, all, and I'll jump into my plugs. I do all the social media and the talking because that's what I do. I talk a lot. Um, I, I, people want me on their show and I'm like, why? Cause I talk, I'll talk over all of you, <laughs> but okay. Thank you for having me. Um, Take my wife, please. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you can uh, find the house that screams um, on Twitter. It's house underscore screams. That is me. Um, that's so any questions about guests, appearances or topics or just things that you would like to communicate you can go to twitter or uh, my instagram which is um candy the final girl but um it's mostly about the show or just horror related things and so it, it, it does have my name on it just because i feel like i'm the one that kind of sells us you know I, i'm i'm our, i'm our pr person so but everything's in a link tree uh, there's a lot more and all the shows that we enjoy and are part of our network and you know, just people that we work with that we really love. And of course we love each other and in anybody's side projects and Eric and I's makeup company, which she usually, I let her plug that, but it's final girl cosmetics. So that's final girl cosmetics. Makeup. Um, we got, I got a lot of really cool shit coming out, but anyway, link tree slash Kenny, the final girl. And I'm Sean of the dead. You can find me, uh, on Instagram and Twitter. It's Sean of the dead. Not very interesting. Don't waste your time. He's interesting. He's except, except when I send him videos of, of the boys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, those are, those are fucking hilarious. He shares those with me. <laughs> um, who would like to go next? Got nothing. I don't, I'm not gonna. I'm not even gonna do plugs anymore. If you're here, this is the only place I'm at. Oh, <laughs> you where you can find Dave? You can find me. Oh, <laughs> drunk uh, in a hotel bar, busting through doors. <laughs> uh, oh yeah. Hey, yeah, sure. exactly. It's her. It's her birthday. She can plug him. Oh, oh I'm sorry. What? Oh. We're waiting for the show to finish. That's the video I want to see. All right. See. Well, then I'm going to be quick with mine so we can get the hell out of here. So, uh, you know, she can do that Jeremiah song for real. Um, <laughs> Moon River. No, that's not the one. <laughs> it's, it's, oh, called, sorry. It's, it's, it's called birthday sex. Uh, anyway. So uh, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at El Jefe Del Horror. The boss. Um, I have a link tree on there that links to everybody on the show, so you can find everybody on there as well. And yeah, um, that's pretty much it. All right. Well, I would <laughs> like to thank you, Jason. Hopefully, usually everybody when they first come on the show, you notice we have a lot of the same guests because they come on the show and they're a little bit bewildered the first time, <laughs> and then they're like, "I think I need to come back again." And then they tend to like, "Oh, I love this. It's a little. It's like crazy fun. Like we don't. We act like we don't even have an audience." And Yes, audience, we love you, but we just we're just ha friends hanging out. Yeah. So uh, hopefully you had a good time. Oh, and, totally. And I, 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 I think we have the same. We, we have, I think my podcast is the same vibe where I keep things on the rail about half the, for about half of it, 
And then by the, once we get through the review, I just kind of let everything devolve into chaos. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We, we don't even get that far. <laughs> I, th- I can't remember what movie it was. We spent like 20 minutes talking about the movie and then. Paranormal activity. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh I wasn't on we that. Started, we started, we talked about the movie. We got really bored and then we just started talking about dicks. Yeah. The whole show. And we, <laughs> wow, oh, I missed that one. Yeah, you did. yeah. That was an early season two. And yeah, we're in five now. We're almost done with five. Yeah. Listen, if if anybody takes anything away from this episode, it's don't eat beanie weenie in the woods. That's that right. is right. That's right. That's it. Yes. So there, there you go. Yeah. I put I put myself out there for you guys. Really, is what it is. So. Oh, Challenge, Challenge yes. accepted. It's how we bond. I mean, it's... I've told my awkward stories. Um, yeah, a quick one uh, for Candy Celebrity Awkward Encounters. Um, we have those. I have a new one. Hmm. I met Russell Whoa. Strider <laughs> from Night Living Dead. I had him sign my lunchbox. And I did not know that Dave had purchased one because I brought mine <laughs> with me. And then we're talking to him and I'm like carried away talking to him. And and Dave was, uh, you know, of course, we were in a group and he his lunchbox was sitting there. And then when I'm like going to leave, I grab it because I thought it was mine. And then we forgot to pay him. And then we oh. it was like, oh, did you guys pay? And it was like we were part of the way away. And I'm like, oh, fuck. Not only yeah. did I steal Dave's lunchbox, I almost stiffed Russell fucking Striner. We so, were, yeah, we he were was really in, nice about it. We were he was in very such nice. shock and Dave was that very we got gracious. to have this conversation with him and we just turned around, started walking away. And we just left. <laughs> I mean, I'm in my wheelchair. I'm just like, got Dave's lunchbox, didn't realize it. And, and I was like, uh, oh, that's <laughs> not my. He's like, your lunch is, you know, because Sean's like, your lunchbox is back here. I'm like, oh my fucking God. So I just stiffed fucking Johnny from one of my favorite films of all time. And then I steal Dave's lunchbox, like way to go candy. And that was Girl, early. You'll be that was one of the first hell. fucking things he did at the con. <laughs> I was like, well, okay, did that set the tone? It didn't though. It, it didn't. But he was nice about it. Everyone, Dave was nice and Russell Strider was nice. So there's just a little addition. And I guess uh, that closes us out for the night. Yeah, well. I, I will always be awkward. Yeah, and everybody sign up for uh, Nico's Beanie Weenie Challenge. That's yeah. right. There you go. <laughs> and don't send me the details because I'll just wait. laugh. <laughs> hashtag Nico's Beanie Weenie Challenge. That's, That's right. Because it's all yeah. about the hashtags. That's let's, right. let's have that trending, and I want to hear everyone's awkward story so I can laugh my ass off. Oh, wait. I just got a great idea, Nico. Oh, Jesus. So, like, so, like, check it out. So, like, here's the challenge. You and I sit down. Nothing but depends on, right? Totally. No, oh, I'm out. Just depends. I'm here about it later. I'm out. We eat I'm two, here for listen, it. Listen, we eat two cans of beanie weenies apiece, and then we start jogging. And the first <laughs> one to shit loses. I have, in addition to this, okay. you eat them motherfuckers up before you eat them. Yeah. All right. That's, that, that's what happened when I went camping. They were heated up for us to pro it. We're doing right. it. When that hits your stomach, it goes faster. Yeah, we're doing it. It's like the long walk. Did maybe this we, maybe, maybe we can do something for, for, for charity for that. Oh, yeah, there we go. Shit for yeah, charity. Yeah, I have some charities I would like to support, but we'll work on that. Um, All right. Everybody, uh, and especially Crystal, happy birthday again. Yes, yes happy birthday. Uh, everybody, birthday. Uh, shout out Crystal. I mean, you'll be hearing this a little bit later, but um, you know, shout out to Crystal, and yeah. uh, thank you for being here. And we miss you, Erica. And yeah, uh, yeah thank you for being here, Jason. And I will yeah, be. Yes, Erica, we missed you. See you soon. Mm-hmm. Good night, right, well, folks. Good night. Right, see you guys. Good night. Love you. Thanks, Jason. Bye. See you guys. <laughs>